Hello and welcome to episode four of No Techno Bubble. I'm Kyle Heath and I'm your host on today's episode. We're going to follow on a little bit from the previous episode. This one's called How to Stop Wasting Money on Shiny Laptops You Don't Need. So what I mean by following on from the previous episode is more often than not in businesses, we will spend money on equipment that we don't really need and it'll actually be appealing to our egos and desires to look more impressive than we need to do in the eyes of others. And that's an expensive business. And I know that personally firsthand because, gosh, 10 years or so ago now, I owned a rather nice car. I'd coveted this car for some time, probably since I was 16, 17. I'd seen these. They'd been pictured on my bedroom wall. And finally, in my mid-30s, I was able to afford one, or so I thought. Actually, what I did was I bought a second-hand Porsche 911. Now, for any of you who know your Porsche cars... I bought the cheapest one, which was the 996 version from the late 1990s when Porsche had introduced a water-cooled engine for the first time and they kind of mass-produced the vehicle. So they were relatively well-valued and I bought a lovely-looking car for about 11.5 grand. Which, when you know how much a Porsche 911 costs brand new, you know that that's not a lot of money. And why did I buy it? Really, because I wanted to show off everybody, I've got a Porsche and look at me. That's pretty much why I did. Yes, don't get me wrong, they are a fantastic car to drive and this isn't a car podcast. But primarily it was bought for my ego purposes. I got about a year out of that car before the engine blew up. Now I even knew about the potential problems with the 996 engine before I even got started. But it didn't stop my ego from saying, no, you'll get, you'll be the lucky one, you'll be alright, you can buy a car and you'll be okay. Well, I got a year out of it, and from the first service that I put it in for, the guy warned me that this would probably be happened right after I bought it, but I just couldn't face getting on with that. And a year later, pretty much, it was all over in the cylinders, scoring in the cylinders on cylinders five and six, and it needed an engine rebuild, and I had to sell the car for half of what I paid for a year later, and I was down on money. And I had to tell everybody I got rid of the car, and I had to look a bit of an idiot in front of all of them. Now, what? Has this got to do with what anybody does in IT? What's this got to do with No Techno Bubble Podcast? Well, what it has to do is I bought the car to look good in front of others. I bought something that wasn't fit for what I could do, and I couldn't really afford it either. I was waste, I wasted money. I mean, I could afford the car. I spent the budget that I'd got, but I got a year out of it before I'd wasted my money, and I was half of my money down with no car, and then I had to go buy something else. And what I'm trying to get to here is this happens very often with business owners and their devices in IT. Let's see, if you're the MD or you're a director of a company or you run your own business, most of the time you're not doing things like data entry, writing letters, editing photographs, working on a customer service database. You don't do most of those things. Specifically, when your business gets over about 10 people, you rarely do that kind of stuff. You're in a leadership role. Your job is to look at the numbers. It's to decide the strategy. It's to lead the business. You might be primarily sales. You might be primarily engineering. You'll be primarily something, but you're not usually that operational any longer. And if you're in a smaller business and you work on your own or in ones, twos, threes, fours, a lot of the time you outsource some of those to other people as well. You hear a lot now of people who've got VAs, virtual assistants, 
people who outsource writing for blogs outsource their websites you outsource a lot of it so you're not going to do the work yourself yet nine times out of ten when i see an md or a ceo of a business they've got the most expensive laptop going they've got the macbook pro they've got the surface with all the gadgets and the keyboard and the mouse and the leather case and this is what i referred to in the previous podcast it's been sold to them on the basis of their ego and what they want to look like and appear to others when actually your focus should be on what you do best and how you operate and run your business best and that's not going to be done by having some super duper shiny laptop computer most of the time what a leader of a business needs to do is communicate with people talk to them understand situations and make decisions building the strategy so i remember when i used to provide it support to different companies the key thing that i knew the owners of the business wanted was they could never be without their email if the email was down or there was a problem with their own personal email and the email was up in the company but say their outlook wasn't working or something like that it was the biggest deal to them you know they would be going <laughs> they'd be going a little bit mental down the phone to me and then my md would be going a little bit mental to me like you need to fix this problem for the owner of this business because without their email they can't work they can't do anything and it makes sense I would say that that's actually a fair judgment. How the people react is a different story, but it's a fair judgment to say most business owners operate through their email. It's what they do, and then they follow that up with phone calls. Um, I'll be, I'll, I'll put a stereotype is, if they're probably over 40, they'll pick up the phone and phone somebody because that's what you do. And if they're under 40, they'll probably send them some sort of message on WhatsApp or Hangouts or something first before they have the phone call. But yes, that's a stereotypical generalization, but sometimes you have to make those. But what I'm getting at is it's email that provokes whatever they're going to do. They make a decision based on that and then they follow up with an action. What's the most important and powerful tool that you need to use to be able to react to your emails? It's your phone. The phone is actually, as the leader in the business, the primary device that you should focus your work from. Now, before you all shout down your microphone, whoa, what are you on about? You can't work everything from a phone. Let's go into a little bit more about why this is so important. The phone is with you all the time. Everybody knows that. Your phone's permanently with you. You'll look at it all the time. And even if you train yourself not to look at your emails out of hours, you'll find as a business leader that doesn't really happen because some most of the time it's your baby. You've got a lot of vested interest in it. You may have shareholders. You might be the shareholder yourself. You've got vested interest in this. So you're all pretty much never switch off. And that's kind of the mindset of people who run businesses or who reach and aspire to the position of CEO. They never really switch off. They're always on. So the idea that everything that they need to do out their phone is not really infringing on their privacy or an infringing on their personal time because that's how they're going to be anyway. So what makes more sense for these people who are often traveling, who are often at networking events, who are often at events in meetings, is to have this information handily close to them. So at the moments in which they're not doing something, like they're popping out for a coffee, they're traveling somewhere else, they're moving between floors in a building, you can actually check on your phone to see what's going on. Now, again, you probably come back and say, well, yeah, yada, 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 Carl, this has been around for years and years and years. But how much are people actually doing on their phone that they couldn't do in the past because of the limitations of the technology? It's not simply only about reading the emails and responding to them on the phone now 
what you need to be able to do now is quickly add in a link to a document or quickly be able to review a document that somebody might send you without actually having to get the computer out. And this is where I say about the money and investment for the leader of the business should be in the phone, not in the laptop. So the example might be that the PA would send you over a sheet with some numbers or send you over a letter and say, look, Kyle, this is going to go to so-and-so later on today. Can you review that everything's good? Now, what you want to be able to do on the phone there is you don't want a some sort of ugly interface where you can't open the document or the spreadsheet and look at the numbers easily. What you want to be able to do is click on the link, open the spreadsheet, and even better, either make a comment on it or you can give it a thumbs up. You've got some sort of feedback to the person that you can actually do in the document because if there's something in there that you want to change or adjust, you don't want to then pick up the phone and phone them to tell them to do it because that's slow and it's not always easy to have a conversation where you are because you might be somewhere where you can't talk. Likewise, you then don't want to close the document, email the person back. This is now a one-directional conversation. And I don't mean that that's a bunch of five lads who won the X Factor what I mean is it's a conversation where you send one thing, they read it, and they send it back. Those are slow conversations, and if the clock's ticking, it's not really that's not really very productive and effective, particularly if you then go back into an event and you can't respond because the phone's in your pocket because you're involved in what you're doing in front of you. What you want to be able to do is quickly open the document, see the changes that have been suggested, quickly put a comment in by typing into the phone and editing the document live, closing it the person who sent it to you can see that comment in front of them immediately instantaneously real time see that and then you can then drop them a mail so i've left a comment in the document i'll speak to you later on at lunchtime that is a much more effective way to work particularly when you're the leader of the business and your time is such a critical aspect of what you do secondly most of the decisions that leaders in business make particularly when you've got over 10 staff and you start to grow the business are yes no decisions you are going to be asked things do you agree to this yes or no that's pretty much what most of the time you're doing with occasionally you might be asked to put your thought or comment into that now when you use apps on your phone like gmail and you've got ai involved so the artificial intelligence gives you three standard replies to any sort of email that comes into your gmail and most of the time, these are really good. They're, they're, they're exactly what you would want to see. They're great, thanks. Thanks for the update. Cheers, keep me up to date. So what you've got is you've got AI and the great big data centers in the cloud have read the context of the email and how it's written and have given you three standard replies that you can click on. And what you can do then is if you agree with one of those replies, you click on the reply and you just hit send. That's faster than you typing in a response. Now you might say, well, how am I going to shave off much time with that and... I'm going to come to that in another podcast episode where I talk about things called the, the power of one, the power of 1%. What I'm really saying with that is small little things like that shave time off. And when you shave small bits of time in the long run, you get bigger time back. You're more impactful over the course of the whole thing by doing little incremental savings. So although you might think, well, why would I click a response when I could type one in just as quickly? You're likely, when you type one in, just to be a bit more long-winded, you might not be too good with your fingers, you might make a couple of spelling mistakes, or you might decide to go on and say something else that dropped into your mind at that point in time, when actually, all that the person at the other end required was, great, that's thanks. Great, that's good. Thanks. Send. It's not impersonal not to write anything else at the bottom of it because the, this is an internal conversation or it's an existing conversation between you and somebody you know well. So it's not impersonal for you to use these kind of quick response buttons that are included in the app on your phone. It is saving you time and it's giving the person at the other end a quick response, which is what they need to get on with their day's job.
if you're dealing with somebody for the first time and you're engaging with a prospect or this is an early partner relationship then maybe that's a better time for you to put a little bit more of you into that because the person doesn't know you yet they don't know the nuances of how something might be read but if this is an existing relationship with someone you've known for a long time or an employee that knows you and you know each other and you have you know conversations about personal things in life then you can use these automated responses very easily you can use these things to save you time and save them time do you then need a super powerful shiny laptop to do all of this work no you're probably going to find as the leader of the business that you're doing the majority of what you do, 80% of what you do from your mobile phone, you're replying to the emails conversationally, you're asking people questions via email, you've got an instant chat tool on it so that you can have a conversation with somebody in real time, you've got video chat on your phone so that you can actually have a face-to-face chat and primarily that's probably going to be more likely you're not a personal thing that you do with your family to see your children if you're not able to make it home one day or you're working away. So you use it for that sense of things. You've got the ability on the phone. If you've got cloud-based documents in something like 365 or G Suite that you can edit those documents on the phone and you've got them all with you all the time, then you've got AI, particularly if you're using Google Drive, you've got AI that's having a look at the documents that you use on a regular basis and putting them at the front of your drive so that it's there it'll be something that's called priority it's not live yet but it will be and it's something that will enable ai to look at what you've been working on and think right this is what you need to see in front of you so it puts it in front of you at that time and this is where we will speed up all of our lives because the big ai stuff is going to know what we want before we want it and that's going to be pretty good it's kind of almost getting to the point in a Douglas Adams book where there were elevators that would appear at the floor before you knew you needed to use the elevator because they could see into the future and therefore you never had to wait for an elevator again. It's kind of like that, but without obviously the ability to see into the future. Okay. Let's look at the example where you say, no, I do need to have a device with me because my build, my business is in engineering and I look at engineering diagrams and I sometimes need to edit them, and I can't do it on a phone, I need to be able to see them on a reasonably sized screen. Okay. Well, what is it that you really need then? If you're the leader of the business, what is the best device that's going to be for you? And it isn't necessarily that you buy the most shiny, expensive device. That's not always what you need. Let's have a think about some of the things that you might lead as a leader of a business. Firstly, you probably want something that's portable, and a battery that lasts for a long time. So you can pick it up and you can use it when you're in an event, when you're on a train, when you're traveling. It's got a nice screen. It's easy to move around. It's light. And it can easily display the things that you need to do, the core applications that you need to use, such as your CAD design, or it can open your documents and your sheets and those kind of things. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to buy the most expensive device. That doesn't mean that you have to have a brand new MacBook Pro. That doesn't mean that you have to have a brand new Surface Pro. Because those two tend to be the most prevalent devices that I find owned by CEOs and MDs. And as I've said before, it's because they play up to the ego. They're the most expensive devices. And those devices then show to other people, look at me, I've got the most expensive device. Therefore, I am successful. Therefore, my business must be successful. And yada, yada, yada. And that kind of things. Problem with this, that's not, in my opinion, a good thing to do. Because actually what you're doing is you've already started living your life by the way that other people think about you. You're governing all your decisions and what you do based on other people's opinions of you. And that's not a great way to go. Now, this isn't specifically a business thing. This is a personal opinion of mine. But that is a surefire way down a route to 
miserableness and unhappiness. Take my example of the Porsche. What did I do? I put my £11,500 into the 911 and I drove it for a year as it started to disintegrate around me. That's what happened to the engine over the period of the year. And then eventually, after the year had finished, I was out of what was I out of six and a half thousand pound down because I managed to sell it for six grand so I lost out on over 50% of my money in that period of time all because I cared about what the people thought what I should have realized what I should have realized from the start was I couldn't afford that car and I should have bought myself a car that was more suitable to what I wanted to do I still could have bought something that appealed a little bit to my ego but with a little bit more sense but no I couldn't wait and had to go all the way up to the supercar level and I couldn't do it now I've learned in life that you should be your own person and you should get what is suitable for what you need to do it actually that says a lot about you that says a lot more about you because it doesn't say you're a trying harder you're a wannabe actually it says you're a sensible person who knows what they need to do what they need to do and that's actually more impressive to people than the first one because the first one they just think oh you're a show off and the second one they actually think you're you're a bit more of a critical thinker and so actually you get what you want to do by following the path that, that naturally doesn't first appear to you here is a question as well when you're the head of the business and you've got the most expensive laptop are you going to provide the same to everybody else and if you don't why you probably don't need to do as much work as your employees need to do for their for their actual role of the job so why do you get the best device and they don't get the best device what sort of leadership is that showing for those people is it because you really want to have the shiniest and best object for yourself this is really really important because pretty much business leaders want to be seen as great leaders however because you've got the title doesn't really mean that you're going to be and in fact many times it's not many of us have worked for bad people and poor managers those of us who started businesses from scratch will will know of these things that how important it is that you keep your troops morale high because happier employers are more productive and grumpy employees that aren't very happy are less productive and that makes it harder for you and makes it more stressful for you to actually lead them and you get yourself into a bit of a downward spiral so one of the best things that you can do is recognize that if you've got teams of people with computers that need to be replaced and we'll make an example here where not everybody in the business got the most perfect computer somebody's got an older machine that's not as good as it could be what do you look like then if you don't buy the best, shiniest, brand new laptop? Maybe you buy a refurbished one that's a year or two old, or you buy one that isn't quite the highest spec because you didn't need it, or you actually work 80% from your phone and just have a desktop computer in the office for the occasions that you're there, and then you put the investment into your employees' computers for them. Does that not make you appear to be rather a thoughtful and considerate leader in your business? I think that it does. And I believe that that's going to pay you back dividends in increased productivity and profit. And increased productivity and profit means happier shareholders. And happier shareholders means better balance. And better balance means the bank will lend you more money. And if the bank lends you more money, then you can invest more and grow the business more. And if you can grow the business more, you can make more profit. And if you make more profit, then you can pay your people more money. And if you pay your people more money, they're more likely to stay with you. And so it goes up and up and up. And that's a really good thing. And all you've got to do to be able to have this happen in your life is buy a cheaper computer. Okay, all right. Not quite as simple as that. I'm being a little bit flippant about it. The thing that I want you to consider today, though, is when you ask next time about what computer that you should have as the leader of the business, or you're making that decision choice yourself, do you need to buy the brand new MacBook Pro or Surface Go? That's the Microsoft one. Do you need to do that? Could you buy a refurbished model that's two years old that's three quarters, half of the price, and actually 
put the money that you would have spent in the difference into somebody else in your business and invest in their computer to make them more productive. If your business runs everything from Google Cloud, could you as the CEO have a Chromebook to work alongside your phone? These are the questions that I am asking about you. Where is the one thing that you should be putting your money into? That's your mobile phone. Now, without a doubt, that's the one where I will say to you, yeah, this is where you want to knock yourself out and you do want to invest wisely. And what I mean by that is most of the time with mobile phones, the more expensive the phone is, the better it, the better it is, the more you can do with it, the more productive you can be with it. There is probably a hard limit on that and that's somewhere around... Well, it depends whether you're an iPhone, Apple person, or whether you're an Android person. If you're an Apple person, you're probably going to need to get the iPhone X, really. You're going to need to get that. Now, whether you go with the most storage and those kind of things, that's about how much money you want to spend. But the iPhone X is really at the top end of that. And, of course, you know, you're limited because you're in Apple's hardware. You have to have the Apple device because that's how they work. If you're in the Android world and you don't use Android phones, then you've got many, many more manufacturers to go up. I have a OnePlus 5T phone, and my business partner has a OnePlus 6T phone. And those are great Android phones. They don't come with any bump or guff on them from any of the manufacturers. They're just clean Android. And my, my phone was is now six months old, and it was £500, and it's the bee's knees. It's as actually as powerful as my MacBook Pro that I've had for four years. They're equal performance power. Android is better value than Apple, but this is all down to what you like and what your preference is. You know, Android is better value, but you can also get some duff Android phones out there. But let's say you invest in things like the Galaxy Note phones. These things are as powerful as the laptops that you spend thousands on. These are the most powerful phones. And when you've got a phone like that, you really have got the ability to quickly do so many things as the leader of the business. You know, say you can answer the emails, edit the documents, look at the sheets, record a video, do a do a video call back to the family. You can create a Instagram post and edit an Instagram video on the fly while you're in the back of a cab. You can do everything on this little device when you're comfortable working with it. You can't do that if you've got a lousy phone. You do need to invest in a phone that's you know is fast so you do need to invest in phones that start from 500 pounds and go upwards but that really is worth investing in and the flip side of this might be that with your employees in your business actually they don't need the most expensive phones and again this will be for another podcast that i'll talk about actually where your your employees may be better off if they use their own personal phones for what you need them to do in the business but that's you know that's outside of what i want to talk about today but it's the flip side so as the leader of the business you want to be leading with the phone that you have and not leading so much with the device that's secondary don't put the money in the device put it in the phone with your employees lead with the devices that they use primarily to work and don't worry about the phone side of things so much I believe strongly that as a leader of a business, you should be doing 80% of everything you need to do from your mobile phone. And you should be striving to do that. That is where everything is going, particularly with these new phones. Samsung, you can do it now with the Samsung DeX, DEX, where you can dock a Samsung phone and you can dock the phone into the cradle. That connects to a screen and then you can have a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. And it flips the screen sideways so it looks like a monitor. And you work on your phone as if it was your desktop computer. And you can then, if you've got cloud-based apps, so you can open all your apps on the Android. So if you've got Google Docs and Sheets, you can open them. You've got 365, you can open them. You can open Outlook. You can open Instagram. You can do everything you can do on your phone, except you can do it in front of you in full screen mode by docking your phone. 
Now, at the moment, that's limited to this Samsung DeX. It's limited to Samsung, but it won't be for much longer. This will be the future of how pretty much most senior managers and leaders in business will work, and then it will it will come down to the employees in your business too, but not yet. But you can do this right at the moment, and there's a guy that I admire very much, Christoph Magnussen. He does this, and I love what Christoph does in his business because he's he's an inspirational leader looking at how technology can enable our businesses to be more productive and effective, and I strongly recommend that you have a look for what Christoph does. You can find out more about him at blackboat.com if you're interested. Have a look at what Christoph does. He's a German guy, and he's great. He really understands and gets technology too. And he uses one of these where he docks his phone and then it appears in on his screen in front of him with the keyboard and mouse. So he doesn't even have a desktop computer. He's doing everything from his phone. He's doing it deliberately. He's specifically doing this to show that this is where you want to be going and how this makes him a more productive person in what he does. Now, another point that I'll come back to again is when you are looking to buy any equipment, when you're looking to put any equipment in, what we've got to try and avoid is getting pulled over by branding branding affects all of us it affected me when i bought that porsche 911 because i had the brand porsche on the front of it when you're talking about it stuff there's a lot of historical stuff dell hp these things jump to mind ibm actually now you need to have a look and you need to be advised as what's best for you to use because there are a lot of brands that have come up over the last few years that now can put equipment in that is absolutely spot on for the money but you might not be as familiar with the brand name or the brand name has improved from where it once was to where it is now so you might have an association with the brand name that says to you it's a lesser brand my analogy i'll roll back to cars skoda were laughingstock cars when i was a kid and they were laughingstock in the 90s but later on they got acquired and bought out by audi and volkswagen and now any if you go in a skoda car it's a quality vehicle it's a quality vehicle has a skoda badge on it and that's not as cool a badge as having a bmw mercedes but it's still a damn decent car so when you see these brand names that are coming up in the it world Sometimes you need to ask, am I being driven by my expectation of an expensive brand? I might see Lenovo and think that was IBM. Well, it's not anymore. It's a separate company, and it has been for many, many years. But there's still that brand association in people's minds. And actually, you're not spending money on good equipment. You're spending money on paying for a brand. You're paying for the label. So this is something we need to be concerned and careful about, that we don't waste money by being dragged into labels and things like that that aren't necessary, when actually what we want to have is the right equipment to do the right job in our business. And that might mean buying a different brand. It might mean buying a brand like, like Asus or Acer, who have really upped their game in recent years and have really lifted themselves. And let's not forget now we've got Google coming into the market with their Pixel Book, and they're right at the high end of things, but you've got Google hardware in there now. You've got a lot more mixing. Microsoft, the Surface Pros are their own hardware. Again, I'm not necessarily saying you should buy one of those, but be mindful that these are now manufactured. These are different names that are leading the way than we've seen in the past. And so associations with what worked 10 years ago doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you right now. What's the next move that you want to do? When your next IT re review comes around, Talk to the people that do this. Talk to your IT manager or talk to your provider and ask them what sort of device that they recommend that you need and see what they come back to you. You can't say anything. Merely ask them, do they try and come back to you and sell you the MacBook Pro and the Surface Pro with the 16 gig of RAM and the i7 processor and the leather case and everything that goes with it? Because if they do, 
And they're a third party provider. They're looking to profit, make as much money out of you as possible because they're playing up to your ego. And if they're your IT manager, are they a bit of a yes man? Are they a bit of a yes woman? Are they sucking up to you? Why aren't they actually critically thinking about what it is that you need to do your job? Why aren't they having a conversation? Are they asking questions? How many questions? What do you do? How often do you do it? What are your expectations? What do you want to do? Really, really important. Questions are the key to success not enough people ask them not enough people ask good questions they come up with their opinion they put forward their agenda first instead of asking you questions this is the key to the whole problem that one of the whole problems i see with it it is driven by what people's agenda and our third party's agenda is to sell whatever it is they've got to sell the it manager's agenda is probably to find the easiest way to do whatever they want to do with whatever they're most comfortable with and actually what they really want to be doing is delivering on what the client needs what the business needs what you need as the leader what does the business need and you will never know that unless you ask the questions So this is a great way to value the relationship you've got in your IT and your business. It's a very, very good way of finding out where the value is. Simply ask the provider or your IT manager what their recommendation is for you for your next device, irrespective of whether you've even just had one. Ask them right now. See what they recommend. They start recommending the most expensive kit, the most flashy stuff, the stuff with the biggest labels without asking any questions. That's going to speak volumes to you as to what they actually think. They are playing up to your ego or they are trying to get into your pocket and get as much money out of you as possible. Okay, time to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. I hope what I've said has been helpful to you. It might stimulate you to think a little bit more outside of what you might have done. That's the whole purpose of the podcasts. If you want to know more about what I do, you can get in touch with me on Instagram at that technology guy. You can also find what I do on my website, which is Kimberly.com. That's the business website. Please get in touch with me. You'll find us at the moment on SoundCloud, although James and I are working at the moment on changing where we're going to be hosting our podcast so we can put it in more places. We are on Stitcher at the moment. We do want to put the podcast in more places. So I would welcome your feedback Let me know anything you want to do. I hope it's been valuable. I'm going to sign off now and we'll see you next time, next week on the next episode of No Techno Bubble. Thank you very much. Bye.